Hi, well, good morning, everybody. How you doing today? Good? All right. Well, my name is Maddie. I'm the worship pastor here, so if you're, if you're surprised to see someone who's not Adam, um, surprise, but I'm glad you're here anyway. I wanna say hello to you, hello to everybody who's watching online. We appreciate you joining us today. And we're gonna continue our Advent series. So the last few weeks, we've had sermons on love, or hope, love, and joy. So today, we're gonna go through peace. And one thing that I wanted to emphasize up front is these words that we're throwing out at Advent, hope, love, joy, peace, like these aren't just, these aren't just words, these aren't just empty words or throwaway terms or anything like that. These are extremely important concepts that we're gonna talk through. These are extremely important things that, that we're gonna be thinking about today. So again, we're gonna continue today with the idea of peace. And when we get into the Christmas season and we get into Advent, we hear the word peace all the time, right? You know, um, Prince of Peace, peace on earth. A few years ago, you could walk into the family Christian store down in Charlottesville and pick up a bunch of knickknacks or things to hang on your wall or things like that that said peace on them. Um, But again, this is so much more important to that. So what comes to mind when you think about peace? I know for, for families, you know, we have a lot of different people in here. So for families, it could just mean harmony in your household. You know, it's, it's not fighting with your spouse today or, or not, not arguing with your children, with your parents, with your in-laws or somebody else. I know that we have people associated with the military as well. Um, I'm an army chaplain in the reserve. And maybe for people in the military, peace just means not being at war. And that is something that we haven't experienced for quite some time now. I'm sure there's people that are weren't even alive the last time we said we weren't at war. So there's that. Or maybe peace, peace just means peace of mind to you. It's having a steady job. It's having a salary that you can count on. It's not having to worry about everyday things in life. Or maybe peace is just quiet and solitude. It's the chance for you to, to just sit there, to be alone with your thoughts or to pray or to read scripture or whatever. And all these forms of peace are good, right? This is, these are not bad things, but when you turn these ideas of peace or where you're looking for these ideas of peace into an idol, that's when things get bad. And that's what I wanna make sure that we're discussing today. So again, what is peace and where does it come from? And when I was, when I was thinking about this topic and I was doing some research, I came across the idea that where scripture is concerned, there's three kinds of peace. And this is not my concept, this is somebody else's idea, and there's a good chance you've probably heard it before, but the three kinds of peace are the peace of God, peace with others, and peace with God. And when we think about our peace and how it affects our lives, all of these are important. Um, But I'm gonna suggest to you that there's one of them that is, is more important than the others. There's one that if you don't have it, the others are gonna be very difficult to achieve. But we'll get there in just a minute. I keep saying peace, 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 and we're repeating it over and over. Uh, And that's because this is a a word, or at least the word that's translated as peace, that shows up all over Scripture. And Paul uses it a lot, and I'm going to give you a whole bunch of verses um, that Paul uses. So we'll start with Romans 5.1, and I think that's one that Neil used last week when we talked about joy. But Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and that's gonna come back in a big way as we continue on this morning. But next, we'll go to Colossians 3.15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. 
1 Corinthians 14, 33, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. Philemon 1.3. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and finally, Romans 12.18. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So not only do we see peace mentioned over and over and over again, uh, you probably wondered when I was gonna be done just listening scriptures and reading them, right? We see it over and over again. But that's just what Paul wrote. Like that doesn't include other, other references in the gospels or other pastoral letters. So um, you can see that the concept of peace, it comes up a lot. I used to work for a pastor at a different church that always closed his emails with grace and peace, you know, just kind of like Paul. He was, he was modeling Paul in the way he opened and closed his letters. But let's bring this back to Jesus for a few minutes, right? Because it's Jesus's birthday that we're celebrating and we're getting ready for. Um, I've always been into music. Like I said, I'm the worship pastor here and, and usually I'm, I'm up playing guitar or singing or something like that. But when I was growing up in this area, um, we didn't really have what, we consider contemporary worship today. Like I know that it existed in the world, but it did not exist in Greene County, believe me. And it didn't exist necessarily in Charlottesville where we went to church either. So I sang in choirs, we sang hymns, and around Christmas time, one of my favorite pieces of music was Handel's Messiah. And the Hallelujah Chorus is like this huge part um, toward the end. And I love singing it. I love singing it, I love listening to it. Um, even now I love it. But my favorite part, actually, as it turns out, is straight out of the book of Isaiah. And when I was a kid, I didn't know that. Um, you, you all probably knew that, so don't, don't be laughing at me for not being aware of that, but, but now I know, so don't worry. Uh, but it's Isaiah 9, 6, and this passage says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So Isaiah is one of those chapters, and this is one of the verses where we get a lot of the names that we use for Jesus, you know, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. But obviously today we're looking at Prince of Peace because we think a lot about peace when it comes to Jesus. Now, going back to this verse in Isaiah, when I start to look at these things, I like to go back and see what people who are a lot smarter than me or a lot more educated than me have to say about these things. So I'll, I'll get into commentaries and that kind of thing. And uh, one scholar commenting on this book said this about the verse. He said, peace is well-being and freedom from anxiety. In relationships, it's goodwill and harmony, the opposite of war. Towards God, it is the full realization of his favor, peace with God. So again, when we think of Jesus, we think of peace, right? Probably the first thing that we think of is love, as everybody thinks that Jesus is love or God is love, but, but we also think of peace. And, and that's partly because at Christmas time, we talk about Jesus a lot. But we talk about like a sweet little tiny baby Jesus. We have our manger here and we have our manger here. Um, and now I know that 
that you all that have kids or have had kids, maybe peace is not the first thing that comes to mind when you think of a little tiny baby because I remember when we had little tiny babies, they were very loud and they were very screamy and it was not always peaceful. And my son is sitting here listening to me. So he, he was definitely one. He was the first one. Not always peaceful. 2.14. And this is where the angel is announcing the birth of Jesus Christ. And, and I know that you're familiar with this verse, but I want to read it again because there's a part that I don't think that we look at quite that much in detail. So Luke 2.14 says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, Right? A lot of times we stop there, but there's, there's six words tacked on to the end of that, and it's those with whom he is pleased. And we can't forget that. Like, that part really caught my attention. Again, going back to people that are smarter than me, uh, a, a gentleman named Bach says this about the verse. He says, glory should be given to God in the most exalted of ways, while on earth one should see that this child means peace for those on whom his favor rests. The picture of being a person of God's favor was a Jewish way of saying that someone was numbered among God's chosen people, much like the God-fearers of Luke 1, 50 through 53. This remark makes it clear that salvation and its fullness are not automatic for everyone. Only those who respond to God's grace and follow the path lit by the rising sun will experience the peace into which that path leads. Jesus comes for all but not all respond to and benefit from his coming. So how does, how does this idea line up with peace on earth or the concept of peace on earth that we often think of? Um, as usual, it's not that simple. Um, Jesus obviously is a very complex person. So let's, let's look at some of the words that he said. In John 14, 27, Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And that's what we want, right? When we think about Jesus, those are the kind of things we think about. And we want that peace, the Philippians 4, 6 peace that surpasses all understanding. And we can have that, but we're gonna get there in just a minute, okay? Now, to stir things up, I wanna go into a few more words that Jesus said. We're gonna start with Matthew 10, 34 through 36. Jesus said, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. So this is the same the same prince of peace, right, who's bringing peace to the earth. He says, I have not come to bring peace. Uh, on, on that passage, I like what D.A. Carson had to say. He said, as many Jews in Jesus' day thought the coming of Messiah would bring them political peace and material prosperity, so today, many in the church think that Jesus' presence will bring them a kind of tranquility. But Jesus insisted that his mission entailed strife and division. Prince of peace though he is, the world will so violently reject him in his reign that men and women will divide over him. Before the consummation of the kingdom, even the peace Jesus bequeaths his disciples will have its setting in the midst of a hostile world. And I didn't get here at the nine o'clock service, so you guys are getting some of the bonus material. Um, 
I literally read this this morning and it was applicable, so this is another passage. It's not gonna be up on the screen because we don't have it there, but it comes out of Luke 17 and it starts in verse uh, 26 and Jesus said, just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building, but on the day when Lot went out from Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. So will it be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. That's another passage that's not particularly peaceful. And then, I have one more, and it's Matthew 12, 30. This one's much shorter. Uh, Matthew 12, 30, Jesus says, whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. All right, so I know that this is probably torturous, right? We're just, we're tearing down all these ideas of peace uh, but I have one more thing for us to look at, and that's Revelation, right? We'll leave it to the worship guy to bring up the book of Revelation on an Advent or Christmas kind of sermon, but here we go. This is Revelation 19, 11 through 16. It says, then I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire and on his head are many diadems and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the word of God. And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Some of, those, some of those images are just so powerful. They're not peaceful, but they're powerful. From his mouth comes a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He'll rule them with a rod of iron. He'll tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. Merry Christmas, right? Merry Christmas. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Um, so with all the stuff that we read, it kind of looks like we left the idea of peace way behind, way back there. So let's, let's come back to the idea of peace so that this doesn't all seem like bad news for everybody. So just a few minutes ago, I talked about the idea that in scripture there are three kinds of peace. Peace of God, peace with others, and peace with God. And if you recall, I suggested that one of these types of peace is probably a little, little bit more important than the others. But we're gonna look at all three of them, and I'm gonna go through these kind of fast. But the first thing we'll look at is the peace of God. And this is one of those things that you could kind of consider as peace of mind, right? Uh, after the first service, somebody came up to me and he was like, you know what? I know what, what true peace is. He was like, it's when everything is going bad in your life and you can still smile and laugh. And I was like, that's a great description. And that, that really, that describes the peace of God. Um, and this kind of peace, like he said, it manifests itself in the faith that things will work out even when they're bad. You know, it's easy, it's easy to feel like you have the peace of God when things are good or when things are maybe not good, but they're not terrible. Uh, Charles Spurgeon said this about the peace of God. He said, do you suppose that the Lord Jesus comes only to speak peace to those who have peace already or to give peace to those enduring a trifling disturbance of mind? 
man, do you think Jesus is superfluity, as in Jesus is superfluous? Or do you imagine that he is only suited for little occasions? Be ashamed of such insinuations, for he reigns on high above tremendous storms. He rules the hugest waves and the most roaring floods. When all our nature is vexed, when our hopes are gone, and our despair is uppermost, it is amid the tumult of such a tempest that he says, peace be still, and creates a calm. Believe in the Christ who can save you when most your temptations threaten to swallow you up. Do not think him to be only able to save when you are not in extremities, but believe him to be best seen when your utmost calamities are near. And we see this in the words of Jesus, right? We looked at John 14, 27, and I'm gonna read that again. Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And earlier, Jesus said something similar to his disciples in John 14, one. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. But I think there's something that has to come before we can get to the peace of God. Let's look at peace with others. So here's a couple of verses that we have to describe the concept of peace with others. Hebrews 12, 14 says, strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Romans 12, 18 says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. 2 Corinthians 13, 11 says, finally, brothers rejoice. Aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Jesus said, blessed be the peacemakers. So again, you know, this is an important concept as well, peace with others. You know, and we can keep going. There's a lot more scripture we can read there, but hopefully you get the general idea that as believers, we should be living in peace um, with each other and with others as well. And I know this can be hard, and it takes a lot of character to do this, and it takes a lot of steadfastness. Um, and that steadfastness comes from one place. It comes from having your identity rooted firmly in who you are in Christ and who Christ says you are, not who the world says you are, not who anybody else says that you are. And, and this is important. This is an important thing to hold on to because there are people out there that will try to tear you down. Some of you probably know this. It might be within your own family. It might be your friends. And for sure, it could be the world. Um, we know how, how society sort of thinks of Christians at this point. And now part of that reason is because sometimes we go out and pick fights with people, right? So peace with others also gives you, gives you a role in not going out and just picking on people just because you can or you have an idea. And that doesn't mean that we don't speak the truth, um, but you take care about how you do it. So that's peace with others. And that leaves us with one other type of peace that we're talking about. And I believe that this one has to come first. Like you can have peace of mind and you can have peace with others temporarily. But if you don't have peace with God, you're always gonna be struggling with these different things. So to look at the idea of peace with God, let's go back to Romans 5.1 again. This is a great verse. It says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's the amazing thing to me about peace with God. It's right there for you to take. And just like everything else with significant or of significance in life, it starts with God. It has to come from God first. And that what comes from God is a call to believe in him. 
Paul writes this in Romans 10. He says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus says this in John 5, 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment but is passed from life to death. So if you want the peace of God, there it is. It's right there in front of you. Choose to receive it. It starts with God again, and it comes down to you. And you have to live your life like you believe that this is true. Um, one thing I wanted to clarify is that, that we don't look at this as some kind of legalistic checklist of things to do, right? Um, your response to what God has given you is not to say, okay, well, I have to go to church because of that, and I have to read my Bible, and I have to pray, and I have to be nice to my spouse. You know, the, the way that, that you relate to other people and the way that you show your gratitude for this just kind of spills out. It shows itself in your response. So again, not a checklist of things that you have to do. Um, it's the outworking of your faith and gratitude for your salvation and sanctification. So... So where does that leave us today, right? Uh, it's still Advent. We're still celebrating the birth of Jesus. Christmas is in less than a week, or is in a week, right? It's on Sunday. Um, so back to Jesus. So we see in Scripture that he's the Prince of Peace, and he was born to bring peace on earth among those with whom he is pleased. Um, so he did come to bring peace, though. That, that's a big takeaway. And I think that it's fair to say that he's brought this peace for every single one of us. But not everyone is gonna accept it. And, you know, we, we read the things that Jesus said. We read Revelation. The consequences for not accepting the peace of Jesus are catastrophic. Um, and they're eternally catastrophic, right? It's not just you don't accept it, you have a bad day. Um, we believe you don't accept it, and you have a bad eternity. So, is this something that you believe? Like, that's a question that I have for you. And if you do believe it, what stops you from living like you actually believe it? Um, I like to steal from other people's sermons, and I, I took Neil's verse from last week, and I'm gonna jump back two weeks ago and steal from some of the things that Adam said in his, his sermon. So he, he listed nine blockades that prevent you from accepting the love of God. And before I go through those nine blockades, I'll just have to say that it's mainly thanks to Amy that I have this list because she was taking good notes when Adam was preaching and she still had them in her bag. So I was able to get the notes from her and remember exactly what these blockades were. Uh, the nine blockades are shame, pride, insecurity, anger, misunderstanding God's love, entitlement, lies about God, fear, and numbing. So those are, the, those are the things that could be stopping you from receiving the love of God. These are also things that are stopping you from having peace with God. And I would add one more thing to that list. It's probably covered in those nine if you really look into them. But the 10th the thing that I would add is sin in your life. Chances are there's probably some kind of unrepentant sin that you're hanging on to that's preventing you from having peace with God. Um, and how do I know that? Because we all have it, right? We all have something. There's, something. there's something that we know we shouldn't do or we know we shouldn't think or we know we shouldn't feel and we should let go. But somehow, 
it just comforts the worldly part of our heart while at the same time preventing us from having peace with God. Um, there's another a scripture that I didn't get up in the slides, and that's John 8, 24, talking about sin. Um, Jesus said, I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So it comes back to that belief. Peace with God is there. Believe in faith and accept that. So uh, I wanna close with two things. And the first thing that I wanna close with is a question. And if, if something really comes up, you know, you're thinking about the response to this question, feel free to go ahead. We have you know, some cards and some pens down here by the cross in the corner. Uh, if you wanna come down and receive prayer, I'm happy to pray with you. And I know we have other people in here that would pray with you as well. So you can do that as we respond. Um, Worship team, you guys can come on back up to the stage. So the, the question I wanna leave you with is, for you individually, what is stopping you from having peace with God? And the second thing that I wanna share with you is the blessing from number six. And this says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and, and give you peace. So if you guys would stand with me, let's pray, and then we'll close with.